Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. I don't 
1987, a self-titled White Snake record. And what a ride David Coverdale has had through his career. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about the amazing David Coverdale from White Snake a little bit later in today's show. But I do want to say that I am so excited for the concerts Emily and I have coming up this year. We have Ozzy Osbourne. We're seeing him at Madison Square Garden, third row. Wow, cannot wait for that. I got Kiss. I'm seeing them twice. I got Kiss at the uh, Prudential Center in Newark. I got Kiss at the Garden in New York City. I have Queensryche and Fate's Warning, as I mentioned. Going to be hanging there, hopefully, with Jerry from Long Island. Uh, What else do I have coming up? Oh, Iron Maiden at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Jerry, I'm sure you'll be at that one, too, right? It's going to be a blast. So much great stuff. I'm going to the symphony. I don't know if I've ever been to the symphony. Well, back in college, I did go to the symphony uh, when I was. I did a music appreciation course over in London, and we saw the London Philharmonic. But um, yeah, I'm going to the symphony with Emily. Here's some Beethoven that's coming up soon. I'm going to check out my buddy John Astronomy and his band, Like It, this Friday, just a couple days from now. That'll be fun. Uh, by the way, that show I mentioned I was going to be hosting with Rob Dukes and Generation Kill at Dingbats in New Jersey, canceled. That's not happening. Uh, so don't go to Dingbats thinking you're going to see Generation Kill or me there this weekend. We will not be there. And wow, there's so many great, great things. Heavy Montreal, I love that festival so much. We go up there just about every year. And the other festival that I love, possibly my my favorite festival, is the M3 Rock Festival down in Maryland, Columbia, Maryland. And I will be there again this year. We have Eric Baker to talk to us all about the great festival and what he has in store for M3 this year. Eric is the mastermind, one of the masterminds behind the M3 festival. So without further ado, let's hit some old school Vince Neil. I'm imagining at the M3 festival this year, you're going to get a classic set of Motley Crue delivered by Vince Neil. But I would love to hear maybe one solo song snuck in there. I'm not sure that that I can count on that happening, and I will be totally happy with uh, a set of straight Motley by Vince. But, man, I would love to hear this one. It is Sister of Pain off the 1992 Vince Neil record. Actually, 1993, right? Uh, the, The album was called Exposed. It was a great record. I, I really like those. Remember those two Vince Neil solo records? I know, I know he had other ones, but those first two, I just really liked those. Um, what were they? Exposed and Carved in Stone, which the Dust Brothers did, right? And I think he only had one other solo record, to Tattoos and Tequila. I would love another Vince Neil solo record. Bring Steve Stevens back in, do some amazing work. That would be so much fun. I don't think we can count on that happening. I know Steve is busy with uh, with Billy Idol, and he's got a new thing happening with Matt Sorum and Geezer Butler. Steve Stevens I'm talking about. But, man, the stuff he did with Vince Neil was so much fun. And uh, on that note, this is off the exposed record a little Vince Neil. And th- then we'll hear from uh, from the mastermind behind the M3 Rock Festival, Eric Baker.
it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal and checking in for, I think, the third or fourth year here in a row to help talk about the upcoming M3 Festival. We have Eric Baker. Eric, how are you? Hi, Mark. How you doing? Good. So you're, what, the producer, promoter? How do you, how do you bill yourself uh, with M3? Uh, I, I build myself as the producer and one of the people that created the festival. The creator slash producer. Right on, right on. Uh, my yeah, my, my partners, which are Brad Campfield and the rest of the IMP group, um, are really the promoters of the festival. And it's obviously their operated venue, which is Meriwether Post. Right on, right on. And as far as the bands go that you get on the festival each year, I mean, th- these are bands that are pretty much handpicked by you. Is that correct? Yeah, I pretty much curate the festival. There are definitely, um, at the end of every year, we do surveys and we, you know, look to see what people want. Like a great example is Tora Tora, you know, not the biggest band in the world, but got a lot of requests for them. So it was very easy to make that call and call the guys and ask them if they wanted to play. I mean, we knew the fans wanted to see them. So stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, I curate the whole thing. Right on, right on. And you did a great job with the bands that have been announced so far for the 2019 um, festival. Let's uh, let's start there. Let's start uh, talking about the big one, Whitesnake. Has Whitesnake played the festival before? Whitesnake played either year two or three, um, and they were great. And we've obviously wanted them back, and timing never really worked just due to the fact that, you know, European summer festivals are starting there and, you know, you could go and get, you know, whatever, 15 European summer shows or, you know, one M3. Um, It happens to be this year, the routing worked out and we're going to head to Europe after. So we, we got lucky on timing with them, but we, we've always wanted them back. Awesome. Cool. And Vince Neil is coming back again. That should be great. Haven't seen him since he left Motley. So I'm psyched for that. Well, the cool thing about Vince has played a couple of times already, um, but The Dirt is also being released right before the festival. So I think there's going to be a cool buzz on Motley Crue and, you know, and a lot of buzz just about this movie. And so we're excited to see Vince come back again. He'll have some better, he'll have some, some new stories to tell us. Definitely. It'll be cool. Cool. And again, we are talking about the M3, the festival that will take place for its 11th year on May 3rd, 4th and 5th. Let's let's actually talk about those three dates, because the past what number of years, it's been two dates of the hard rock, um, you know, 80s metal era stuff, and then one day of, of country rock. Uh, but this year, it looks like we're doing three days of, of straight ahead hard rock, correct? Correct. You know, the way just I'm going to take us back 11 years. The way we started this was a one day show. Um, and then when we saw that, hey, people come in from out of town, we kind of made it like the first one and a half day festival meaning we'll have a Friday night and a full day Saturday. And that's kind of been what the format's been in terms of rock for, for the last call it, eight, nine years. Um, and then obviously adding the Sunday country rock, um, Southern rock festival. You know, the truth is there's bands that drive that day, which are like Leonard Skinner and Charlie Daniels, like throw those days. And the first year we did it, it was huge. And then you find that the bands aren't available and it just doesn't drive it. And at the same time, we were discussing 
it's time that we expand M3 into being a full on festival right. instead of like people are still there on Sundays. So let's expand it and give them two full days of rock and roll. And basically it's, you buy a two day ticket, you get the kicks off party for free. It was kind of the way we did it. Instead of having kicks play one of the days, we wanted to kind of keep that as their day. So we kept Friday night at the kicks off party. Um, and then we have some other surprises, which we'll come back after the new year. And I'll tell you all these other cool things that are going to happen. Uh, we're just fin- finishing up the details right now. Um, awesome. And then full day Saturday and full day Sunday. We're excited about it. And there's still more bands that we're adding. Awesome. Well, let's talk about that Friday where you know, yeah. traditionally kicks yeah. play. And it sounds like that's happening again this year. Also on Friday night, a band yeah. I haven't seen since they played the Empire Rock Club in Philadelphia many, many decades ago. Heaven's Edge was this uh, was, you know, very kind of underground, not a super well-known band, but a great band. Was this something that the fans were requesting or was this a personal favorite of yours? How did Heaven, Heaven's Edge get involved with the M3 Festival? Once again, let's go back a few years. I've always loved the band um, from way back when. And then they played, and they played, I want to say, like the, you know, the outside stage at noon. And I walked over to see it, and there was like just a ton of people there. And people started raving about it on social media how much they liked them. And then the whole idea behind having them play with, you know, kicks on Friday was definitely a combination of fan favorite for a small band once again, and a band that I love, but also want to keep it very mid Atlantic. Want to keep it like with that theme of maybe not just Baltimore, but Philly, South Jersey, um, and obviously Baltimore area. So if we had, once again, if we had another band for Friday night, we're going to find someone from that area and and keep with that. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so many other great bands, quiet riot, Steven Adler, Kingdom Come is back, which I guess is the uh, original lineup with the singer. I'm trying to Keith. Uh, what's that guy? Keith St. John. Is that the the guy who's doing vocals for them now? Do you remember? I don't remember. Right. I apologize. I yeah. should. Yeah. I think it's I Keith St. John is his name. And he's from what I've heard. I saw some yeah. clips. He's doing a great job. And uh, James Kotek, yep. of course, on drums. So that'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Tora Tora, you mentioned Firehouse, Firehouse, Extreme, Danger, Danger, Skid Row. I mean, this this lineup is absolutely great. Vixen is back. They were there, what, two years ago? Yep. Always great. Yep. You know, we tried to, like, bring people back that just have not been there in a while. I mean, Extreme hasn't played in five or six years. Warren is back this year, even though they played that acoustic kind of set last year um that was kind of a spur of the moment thing we were gonna we always planned on having them this year and got a call from the guys and like hey we're gonna be down in virginia doing a private gig um we'd love to come up and hang for the day and i'm like you want to come play an acoustic set and they're like sure i mean they're the greatest guys and they play the hits and it's like it was so easy to just get that going that we were able to add them And one of the things that we really like to do, and and this goes back to like a firehouse even or an Adler, are great bands that have hits that are really easy to deal with. Yeah. Kind of make it like who we target a lot. And and so like you'll see Warren has played a few times and Adler's been there a few times. Firehouse hasn't been there in four years, but they all hold themselves to really high standards. Same with Frankie and Quiet Riot. And I know I'm leaving other people out, 
But these guys hold themselves to a high standard in the way they conduct their business and the way they present themselves to the fans. And it's really important to me that that's what they're getting. Because I feel if they do that with us on a business side, they're going to even do more to make sure that the fans have a good time. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned Bang Tango yeah. and Autograph. They will be there. And the thing that yeah. I love about M3 is it's not just the music. And I, I know that's kind of weird to say, but it's it's this community of of people that come from all over the world for this great festival. It's my favorite festival, period. Uh, and I just, I love bonding with the people. I love hanging out, drinking beer with the people. And it's it's just a great, great community that... Every year, thanks to you, have, for the last 11 years, has been getting together down there in Maryland. And uh, yeah, can you talk a little bit about the community? How well have you gotten to know the fans of the M3 Festival? I've gotten to know the, uh, some really well. Um, and, you know, like one of the cool things is I'll give you like a couple of little anecdotes. Is One, there's a girl I went to Hebrew school with. And I didn't know she was into metal. I hadn't seen her in 30 years. She happens to live in LA and right. she's always at M3. And that's kind of how we connected again. And we're friends again. And that like something like that on a personal level is very cool. Um, but I've, I've heard stories about people and I've spoken to people that have like come and thanked me and told me stories, how they finally found a community of people that they can relate to. Um, because, you know, this is a very specific genre and lifestyle and, you know, if you want to be with people that you have something in common with, it doesn't matter if it's like arena rock from the eighties or football, you know, right, you want right. to be with people. And there's a lot of people that just kind of come and, and you could see on, on, on social where it's like, you know, a lot of people complain about the lineup and then the other people like, who, like the lineup just compliments the great time I have every year with people. And to me, it is equally as important as the lineup. You know, when people stop saying, you know what, there's fights and there's this and it's not fun anymore. It's probably one will go away, but I don't think we've had one fight in 11 years there. Knock on wood. Yeah. I've never seen any. It's just, you know, everyone and, and, is loving. Yeah. Everyone is, is together for, for the same thing. You know, the, the love of, of that era of music. Yeah. And there's actually been people that have met at M3 that have gotten married. Wow. So, which is, I know is so funny, but I've gotten a number, there's probably five or six over 11 years. And when you think about, you know, we probably had over a hundred thousand people and combined throughout all the years, you know, even five people is still a lot to me, but the fact that people can fall in love at a concert still, it just brings it back to this like romantic period of like rock and roll when real shit with real people can happen. I mean, you know, it's like, it was kind of said back in like almost famous. Remember when they're just hanging in Topeka and he's like, yeah, we're just some real Topeka people. Right. And that's why like the guitar player like loved it so much. Well, like this is just real rock and roll, like lovers. And it's like, it's really like great to see. And I mean, you like we've walked around like last year, like, you know, I walk around, like yeah. I want to be in it. I don't always want to be working. Like part of it is like sitting on the lawn and watching people having fun. And, and that's what really drives to do this. Absolutely. And speaking of walking around, will there be two stages this year or were you sticking with one again? No, we're sticking with one again. And that's not only a, uh, you know, that's a decision that gets made between the operators of Meriwether Post and myself. And I really like they're the greatest promoters in, in the business, you know, um, and you've been there. You've met them. You know, you know what it's like at that venue, you know, right. from front of house and back of house. 
how great this thing is run. Um, but you know, there was also like a lot of, a lot of feedback from fans saying, you know, trying with packing in bands and trying to walk over and get to that other stage and get a decent seat for it. Cause if you have a good seat pavilion, you're probably the last one to get over to the other stage and, and then vice versa. And, and it's kind of like, it's too much of a rush and too much of a hassle for people. So we were kind of like, you know, let's pack it into one stage again. We're not going to just go from band to band. We're going to give like definitely your ears get fatigued and you want to walk around and you want to get beers and you want to do whatever. And we can, but we're going to give some time in between, uh, in between artists this year. But we also could find, we could fit just as many artists in and people are happier, you know, and there's definitely some people that, you know, buy like the lawn seats that are bummed out because it's like that's their chance to sit up front and we recognize that. But the overwhelming response was kind of like, let's, you know, the one stage worked really well. Yeah, you had it on that so, like circular thing where they life. could just kind of rotate it, you know, so the the there was not a lot of time in between sets. We'll do a little bit more time this year so people can hang. Okay, cool. Cool. And me as a consumer, and I'm sure you, you know, the thousands of shows that you've been to, after like the sixth band, it just starts ringing. You know, right. it's like you kind of need a second to like go to the bathroom, get a drink, get some food, or just hang and talk to people for a second. And that's kind of like what we're trying to achieve this year. All right. Well, the lineup is great. I cannot wait for May 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Columbia, Maryland at the Mary, what, Mary Weller, what, how do you say it? Mary Weller Pavilion? Mary, Weather, Ma- Mary Weather Post, right. Mary, we- Mary Weather Post Pavilion. And uh, you'll be there and I'm excited to like hang with you again. And, and uh, I appreciate all your support of the show over the years. It's oh, we love wonderful. it. We love it. Thank you for putting it on every year. And are we going to hear about a host? Uh, will there be a host? I know a lot of times you have cool name people hosting the event. Are you planning on that again for this year? Yep. I would say come after January, you, we, we should talk again. And we'll give you some host information, some additional bands that are going to be there, and some extra things that we're going to do and all just real consumer driven and we have some really cool partners coming in this year as well so all stuff to be talked about in the new year awesome eric thanks so much again for joining us on talking metal we will be there hopefully doing interviews like we have the last few years at the m3 festival again white snake autograph bang tango danger danger extreme kingdom come kicks uh, Quiet Riot, L.A. Guns, Tora Tora, Vince Neil, Vixen, Skid Row, Warrant, Vane. I don't think we mentioned Vane. I love Vane. Can't wait to see them. Uh, it's uh, it's an awesome lineup, and it sounds like there's more info to come uh, soon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet.
All right, a little Eric Baker, Eric Baker interview. Eric, thank you for bringing the M3 Festival to us year after year. You do such a great job with it, and we love it. White Snake, Vince Neil, Kicks. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see Kingdom Come, a band I've never seen play live, and I've always loved them. James Kotek on the drums, and that former Scorpions drummer, the original drummer of Kingdom Come. It's going to be great. Vixen, we're gonna we're gonna talk to some of these bands as we lead up to the festival to help promote their appearance at the M3 Festival. And uh, White Snake, wow, I cannot wait to hear White Snake play the M3 Festival. And by the way, coming out of the uh, the interview with Eric Baker, that was of course Kingdom Come with "Get It On," a song that we're gonna hear, I'm sure, at the M3 Festival this year which is just going to be fantastic. We'll keep promoting that as we lead up to the festival. It is kind of the beginning of, of summer for me. That M3 festival kicks off the uh, the summer season for me always. Uh, in, it's happening in early May in Columbia, Maryland. Emily and I will be there. I think Ian McCurdy's coming down, my good buddy. Who knows, maybe we'll even get John Astronomy there. And we will rock to Whitesnake, who are headlining the M3 Festival this year. I cannot wait to uh, to rock with Whitesnake. We've seen them, Emily and I have seen them numerous times the past few years. I saw them back in the 80s on when they were touring for that 1987 self-titled record. Uh, but we saw them in Montclair, New Jersey a couple years ago, and then just recently over the summer down at the PNC Art Center. And I am ready for more Whitesnake at the M3 Festival this year. David Coverdale, what a career. You know, he started in Deep Purple. It was kind of a weird time for Deep Purple. They had lost their their classic lineup, and they reformed, and, and David wrote almost all, I think, the songs off of Burn, or along with Blackmore and some of the other guys. And then, you know, Burn did all right. Burn did all right for Deep Purple, but it was definitely a step down from where they'd been with, with the Gillen-Glover era of the band. It was definitely, the momentum was, they were kind of losing the momentum. They put out, uh, the next one was Stormbreaker, right? Blackmore hated it, and it wasn't really a good record, to be honest. I, I don't really care for it. And at that point, oh, and then they did the, the Come Taste the Band record when Blackmore quit. You know, Blackmore quit and he went to form Rainbow with Dio because he wanted to do something heavier and Purple was getting away from their heaviness. He wanted to do something more hard rock. Um, and then Coverdale, we're talking about Coverdale, he stayed on with Purple and they did the uh, the Come Taste the Band record. And it's interesting because then, you know, he formed Whitesnake pretty much right after that. But it was many, many years until they really broke through with Slide It In and the self-titled record in the States and those records are just so iconic. And, you know, his time in Deep Purple, like, I remember no one even knew Coverdale was in Deep Purple. That was my age, you know, growing up on 80s hard rock. I mean, we kind of knew it, but we, Gillen was the, the purple guy, you know. But Coverdale, he sang like 80% of the, the songs on those three records he did with Purple. They had a minor hit with the song Burn, but again, it was definitely the momentum for Purple was gone and it eventually fizzled and kind of died out. And uh, I don't really. I, I mean, I feel like that gig he had got his foot in the door, but I, I feel like he really built Whitesnake up through the years and and really, really got them to the point where they really took over over the world. And it took him a while. You know, it really did. It really took him a while. 
And even though at the time those Purple Records were not really, uh, the fan base didn't really love Stormbreaker or Come Taste the Band, and a lot of them didn't like Burn, um, those records, again, didn't do nearly as well as the, the Gillen era stuff. I believe in more recent years, they've kind of, there's been a cult following for those records. Um, me, personally, the the purple lineup will always be Gillen, Glover, Pace, Blackmore, and Lord. That is the, the, the guys who delivered all the greatest purple material. Every other lineup of that band, and there's been many, many others, fail in comparison to, to what those guys did. You can't touch it. Seriously. I mean, and... You listen, look at those, all the iconic hits are uh, from Purple, with the exception of Hush, which was pre, you know, pre that lineup. Um, those are all the big songs come from from that lineup of Purple. But Coverdale, you know, that gig got hit, got got him on the stage and really was an opening. But it took him again many many years to break through to become a a, a real a true superstar, which I feel like. As a kid, I first heard about Whitesnake. It was the Slide It In record, you know, and, and that record was kind of at that time, I remember thinking it's good. It's got it's kind of a 70s rock vibe. It didn't feel real contemporary when it came out. It kind of felt like a, a, a throwback record. And I think Coverdale realized that. And I think he knew that that he's got to. He's got to make it more 80s to really take over the world. And that's what he did with um, the self-titled 1987 record. He went 80s metal. He took his 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 roots from the 70s. He got a new hairdo. He got a new band for the video. You know, John Sykes and, and what, Ansley Dunbar. I mean, those guys played on that record. And I thought he should have kept Sykes because Sykes totally fit in with the 80s metal look and vibe. But... You know, for whatever reason, he didn't want to keep Sykes. He got rid of everyone, replaced them with really A-listers. You know, Vivian Campbell, Rudy Sarzo, uh, Tommy Aldridge, uh, Vandenberg. You know, he got these guys in the band for for the, the video, really. I know Vandenberg played, like, what, a couple solos on the self-titled record, but it was mostly Sykes. And... um yeah, and that was it. That was the winning formula because the visual was so important back in those days and bringing in those A-list superstars, whether they played on the record or not, they were out there doing the tour, and I couldn't wait to see the tour. Uh saw it in, in Rhode Island with Great White opening up. Um, it was just a, a great night. I do remember Coverdale's voice being a little off that night, but still it was a really, really fun night. In recent times, Coverdale's voice has been spot on, and... uh yeah, so that's about it. Uh, um, I'm psyched to see Coverdale once again at the M3 Festival. And again, when you do go back to that purple stuff, if you like it, I mean, I think because, you know, Glenn Hughes has really celebrated his time in Deep Purple and made a big deal out of it. But Coverdale sang 80% of that stuff. You got to remember that. And he wrote, I mean, Hughes doesn't even have a songwriting credit on Burn. He only has a songwriting credit on a handful of songs on Stormbringer. And Come Taste the Band, um, he doesn't need, like Tommy Bolin plays bass like on, on some of that. Honestly, the first, what's that first song on Come Taste the Band? Coming Home. That's that's Tommy Bolin playing bass on that. Um Coverdale handling all the vocals on that song, which I love that song. Maybe we'll end with that. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, is out there doing the the Deep Purple tour now, where he's doing all Deep Purple songs. We saw it in uh, in 2018. It's it's not it's pretty boring. I wish he would go back to pulling in more of his solo songs because the Deep Purple thing. It's a little bit of a joke because he's playing a bunch of songs, many of which he didn't even write or sing on originally in the set, and uh, it's just really a snooze fest. So let's hope he goes back to playing like California breed songs and, and some of his other stuff, uh, that, that, you know, is, is much better than the stuff he did in purple. Um, hoping that happens soon, but anyways, let's end with a little Coverdale. Actually, let's play two more songs. This is coming home by deep purple featuring Tommy Bowen on guitar and bass, David Coverdale on vocals, Ian Pace on the drums, George, George, John Lord on the keyboards. Here we go. Coming home by deep purple.
Deep Purple here on Talking Metal. Tommy Bolin handling the guitar and bass on that one. Coverdale on vocals, handling all the vocals. Deep Purple, Bolin era Deep Purple there on Talking Metal, here on Talking Metal, right? Let's talk about you guys. Uh, I already mentioned some of you, but the Patreoners. Uh, sadly, we've had some of you guys drop off, which uh, I'm hoping we can get some more. I'm going to try to make it more appealing. You know, if you do give me $20 on Patreon, you get a T-shirt. I'll mail that out. And you will also have the opportunity to request songs. I mean, really, send me a song a month if you want. I'll try to get as many of them on as possible. And the Patreoners, you guys get first dibs on excuse me, burp, uh, on requesting songs. So let's talk about who you guys are on Patreon. Anthony Mackey, thank you. At Metal Dan, thank you. Uh, let's see, BJ and Brody, you've left. I hope to have you guys back at some point. Fred Roots, thank you. James Bennett, thank you. Jason Seth, Jay Vaninsky, J.B. Allen, Jean-Francois Blas, Jean Jacobson, Jean Bouvoir, Bouvoiri, Michael Street, Mike Jones, Mr. David S. Gray. Ralph Petrie. Thank you, Ralph. Rick Bunch. Ron Emboy. Ron Keel. Sean Morgan. Steve Hoker. And Steve Saylor. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. And I totally, totally appreciate everything that you've been doing for uh, for us here on the podcast it is great to have you guys as part of our team helping put on this show every week, every Tuesday. Sorry, I know it's not Tuesday. I, I ran late, but we'll get back to uh, doing every Tuesday. And to take us out, oh, I, I had a song in mind I was going to play, and I kind of forgot what it is. Um, I don't even look here. How about a little vain? This is... Beat the Bullet by the band Vane, who will be performing at the M3 Festival this year. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time.